You are listening to the Harrison Experience live on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll take a look at this weekend in the National Football League, and I don't know who's playing. I don't know when they're playing. I don't know what times they're playing, what channels they're playing. All I know is there's going to be games tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday. There might be a game on Wednesday. We got games on Thursday, Christmas. It's just going to be games nonstop, basically, until the first of the year. You know how they do how ESPN has, like, the bowl week, where it's, like, the most wonderful season of all? That's how the NFL is going to operate for the next two weeks until we get to the first of the year. And we're happy to be joined by Luke Diamond. He is the host of the For the Culture podcast. Luke, how's it going, man? Hey, Harrison. Appreciate you having me on. And not a bad problem to have, right? Saturday football, Sunday football, Monday, Tuesday, possibly Wednesday. God only knows at this point. Thursday, we just keep it going. Plus Christmas week. Good time to be alive. Good time to be a Colt fan and a football fan. I mean, anything is possible tomorrow. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if we wake up from Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter and that they tell us that one of the games that was scheduled on Sunday was postponed and they're going to play it on Monday or Tuesday. Like, I don't know how you could be surprised at anything that can happen right now in the NFL related to COVID. No, I mean, at this point, anything's on the table. And I'm just trying to get through tonight. Let's go up. We're going up against Bill Belichick. The New England Patriots are on a seven-game winning streak. So I'm not even thinking about tomorrow yet. I'm trying to get through tonight. But, yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy about week and a half of COVID, not just the NFL, but the NBA, college basketball. It's been nuts. So, yeah, you just don't know what the future holds at this moment. So it's crazy. The Colts started off this season at 1-4. and four. They are now 7-6. and six. Tell us how they got here. Yeah, 0-3 to 1-4. and four. Brutal start. They've climbed out of the hole. They control their own destiny right now at the sixth seed in the AFC, and they got there via the J-Train. It's all been Jonathan Taylor. He's up to 1,300 yards, averaging 5.6 yards per carry, 16 rushing touchdowns. I mean, the guy has been an absolute monster, and right after Derrick Henry goes down, the best running back in football, a guy from his own division steps up and kind of reclaims that title in Jonathan Taylor. So Taylor's been the reason, the reason the Colts have gone on this run, the reason the Colts are a game above 500, the reason the Colts are in the playoff picture, and the reason the Colts have a shot tonight against the red-hot New England Patriots who are on seven-game winning streak. Right now we're talking to Luke Diamond, who covers the Indianapolis Colts. He is the host of the For the Culture podcast. I like that name, really cool name, covering the team. Let's talk about Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz has sort of battled with injuries this year, not as bad as it was last year with the Philadelphia Eagles. If he hit a certain threshold, then the Eagles would get a number one, or excuse me, a first-round pick, not a number one overall pick, but a first-round pick. How do you think the Carson Wentz experience is going? It's all right. I mean, I think Carson's the guy as far as, like, could he get the job done in a game manager-type role? Yes. When you look at what the Colts have done this year, they're 7-0 and when Taylor rushes for 90-plus yards. They're 0-6 when he goes under 90 yards. They're 0-5 when Carson Wentz throws 35-plus times. So if Carson Wentz is throwing the ball and he drops back 40, 45, 50 times tonight, I think it's going to be a disaster because the New England Patriots are so good against the pass, and I think they've forced 26 turnovers on the year. And you look at their secondary, two picks, three picks, four picks, everybody gets their hands on the ball and picks it off. So Carson Wentz, it's weird because he has so much talent, but he's not the kind of guy you want to put the ball in his hands. And we saw that at the end of the Bucks game. The Colts lead 24-10 to 10 at half. Then they throw 19 consecutive times or drop back 19 consecutive times to open the second half. Taylor doesn't get a touch. Obviously, the Bucks go on a run. They get a pick. They force a fumble. 
both via Carson Wentz turnovers with the interception, with the fumble. They get back in the game. They take the lead. We turn the ball over four times in the second half alone. Three of those turnovers were on Carson Wentz. So that threshold you talked about, I think it's 69, 70% of snaps. That will be hit because those injuries that kind of spoiled the beginning of the season for the Colts when they got off to that one and four start, Carson was banged up, but he never really missed any time. He missed a little bit at the end of the Rams game. Jacob Eason came in. Now he's in Seattle with the Seahawks. But when you look at the injuries with Carson Wentz, he never really missed any time. So I don't think that the Colts are going to be able to retain that first-round pick. It should go to Philadelphia. But Carson, it's, it's weird. I mean, if you have him handing the ball off, could he manage a game? And get, like, last week, 22, I think it was, passing attempts. I think it was 16 for 22. That's a solid game for Carson Wentz. Once he throws the ball 44 times, like when you look at that game against the Bucks, or 50-plus times, like that game against the Titans, it kind of gets out of hand. The Colts lose their real bread and butter, which is Quinn Nelson, Ryan Kelly, the run game, Jonathan Taylor. So you want to keep the ball out of his hands. Then you go to the play action after you establish the ground game. So that's what I hope happens tonight. But Carson Wentz throwing 35-plus times, not ideal for the Colts. The interesting thing about the Colts, and I'm sure a lot of teams feel this way in the AFC, is if the Colts gets in, there'll be a difficult matchup for just about anybody that's not Kansas City or New England. You could argue they'd be a tough matchup for Kansas City just with the ability that Indianapolis has to be able to run the football. But if the playoffs started today, Indianapolis would go on the road to play Tennessee. Obviously, you played them twice this year. I know you've lost both of those matchups, but this isn't the same Titans team that the Colts played earlier this season. I'm guessing if I ask you right now that if you could press the button and your first-round matchup would be Tennessee, you'd feel really good about Indianapolis having a chance to advance to to the divisional round. Absolutely. It's also not the same Colts team from the last two times they played the Titans. So between the Titans injuries and all their skill guys going down and obviously Henry missing a bunch of weeks now, and then the Colts playing much better football since they did in the beginning of the season. And then even if you look at that second Titans game, they really should have won that game. The Colts should have won that game. Goes to overtime, they lose. Their last three losses all could have been win. And it's also when you have two teams that know each other well and they're pretty evenly matched in terms of talent, It's very difficult to sweep a team twice, let alone three times if you were to see them again in the playoffs before you even add in the injury factor for the Tennessee Titans. Right now we're talking to Luke Diamond. He is the host of the For the Culture podcast. He covers the Indianapolis Colts, getting you ready for tonight's game. This game is really interesting because of the obvious strengths. The Patriots have the best defense in the NFL. The Colts right now have the best rushing offense in the NFL with no Derrick Henry for the Titans. Who do you think wins that matchup? Because that ultimately will decide who I think wins tonight's game. Yeah, that will definitely be the deciding factor. I really think it comes down to will Frank Reich get away from the run? It's happened multiple times this year. It happened in the second half against the Titans. It happened in the second half against the Bucks, where he sees a loaded box or he gets discouraged because the run didn't work the first five or six times. But when you have a back, Like Taylor, you need to continue to give him the ball. You can't be afraid of a loaded box. If they bring an extra guy and if they have an eight-man box, you can't be afraid of that because you also look at Taylor's two biggest rushes of the season. And to go back to New England's game last week against Buffalo, the box was pretty much loaded the entire game. They only threw the ball three times. And their biggest rushing touchdown of the game, I think it was a 60-yard rushing touchdown, came against a loaded box. Because once you break that first line of defense, there's nobody back there to stop you. So, I really think it boils down to Belichick loading the box, 
trying to make the Colts afraid to run the ball, daring them to throw, and then dropping back. So I really think – I don't think it's as much about the Patriots stopping the run as it is the Patriots kind of scaring and baiting the Colts into throwing the football. I think that's where this game could be lost for the Colts because the last three times they've played good teams, that's out of Buffalo, the last three times against Tennessee, against Tampa Bay, and against the Baltimore Ravens, they got away from the run in the second half with leads. And when you look at Bill Belichick, obviously out of all those teams, the best coach they'll go up against. So I really think that's what it boils down to. Will Reich be afraid to run the football, especially if it doesn't work the first, let's say, five to ten attempts of the game against a very stout, talented Patriots defense? How great is Jonathan Taylor? Because you've been fortunate enough as a Colts fan to see some really good ones. Edron James recently got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Marshall Falk played in Indianapolis at the beginning of his career. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You've seen some great ones in Indy. How good do you think Taylor is? Absolutely. I mean, from Falk to James, a die wasn't too bad. Even Marlon Mack a couple years ago in 2018 had a pretty good season. Taylor's as good as I've seen. I mean, this guy is the past game he's come along because he wasn't a great receiving running back. When he was at Wisconsin, he had fumble issues at Wisconsin. He only has three career lost fumbles with the Colts now. Obviously, a lot of touches. I think 28 to 30 games he's played over the last two years for the Colts. So he's only put the ball on the turf and lost it three times. This guy is as good as anybody. His patience, his ability to hit the whole prototypical size, you know, the size-speed combination of Taylor. I mean, this guy has been a true pleasure to watch. Great guy off the field as well. So he's the full package. He's as good as anybody. Even when Derrick Henry comes back off his injury, Taylor – definitely makes the case because he does on so many less attempts too. He's averaging 5.6 yards per carry as great as Henry was. He was doing it on a lot more. Like it took three or four weeks for I think Taylor to match the amount of carries Henry had in less time before his injury. So I think Taylor's as good as anybody in the league. You make them all healthy, make McCaffrey healthy, make, you know, Barkley who's been up and down the last couple of years, make him healthy, make Henry healthy. I think Taylor's as good as anybody in the national football league. And it's not just on the ground. They could get him involved in the pass game as well, and he's actually better than Derrick Henry in the pass game. He blocks. He really does everything. He's the prototypical perfect running back. Crazy that he fell into the second round. I think he was the third back taken in that draft. So he has been a pleasure to watch over the last two years. If Indianapolis ends up making the playoffs and Jonathan Taylor doesn't win MVP, then we've just decided that running backs or wide receivers can no longer win the award. Because the only reason they will have made the playoffs, and you certainly watched them a lot more closely than I will, will be because of the greatness of Jonathan Taylor. Like, he has and is in the process of single-handedly getting that team to the playoffs. So, I would vote for Jonathan Taylor to win MVP. I hate the fact that we've just made it the best quarterback on the best team award. I would vote for Taylor to win MVP. Oh, absolutely. It's become quarterback of the year award. That's what it's become, or offensive quarterback of the whatever you want to call it, most valuable quarterback. Carson Wentz, when he has thrown the ball 35-plus times, the Colts are 0-5. I mean, it, you don't need to go much further than that. If you could make the playoffs when you're quarterback, let's say the Colts finish the season 0-6 when Carson Wentz throws 35-plus times, and you make the playoffs and you find a way to win 10 games or 11 games, how is the running back who rushes for damn near maybe 2,000 yards going to have 20-plus total touchdowns? Right now he's at 16 rushing, at least two receiving. I think he has 18 touchdowns on the year. And, yeah, it's like at least offensively, it's pretty much all been Jonathan Taylor. It's been the Jonathan Taylor show. Defensively, 29 
takeaways. So I think the Colts are first in the league in takeaways. So between the defensive takeaways, creating short fields, and Jonathan Taylor being the man, yeah, he's got my MVP vote. you got to make the playoffs. But if you make the playoffs, especially because you also look at the hole, and he wasn't getting a ton of carries earlier in the year, so you dig yourself a one-in-four hole, then Taylor rushes you out of that hole, you end up making the playoffs. He's got a strong case for league MVP at a position that hasn't got it since, I want to say 2012 was Adrian Peterson. So he definitely has a strong case you can make for most valuable player. Last question here, and I appreciate your time. Patriots at Colts, 715 Central on NFL Network. Indy is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like tonight? Yeah, when I got in the car, I was coaching a game tonight. I got in the car, I drove home, and went from two-and-a-half to one-and-a-half, which is not a great sign. I don't like when the line moves in that direction. My brain's telling me the Patriots just because of the coaching matchup. I do think the Colts have the better overall roster. Both teams coming off a bye, which I think favors the Patriots because you have Belichick with 13, 14 days to prepare. That's always an advantage. Colts haven't beaten the Patriots since 2009 in that fourth and two game. Melvin Bullock coming up, making the stop. That was before analytics when everybody coached with their gut and Belichick decided to go for it on that fourth and two. Colts get the stop. Manning to Wayne for the game-winning touchdown. This game means a little bit more to the Colts, currently sitting at 7-6 and six with a boatload of teams sitting at 7-6. and six. The Colts have struggled against good teams this year. Patriots have been good on the road. But as a Colts guy on national radio, I got to take the Colts. So I'm going to take the Colts. I took them on my podcast this week, the For the Culture podcast. I took them 20-17. to 17. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think both teams are going to try to establish the run. If the Colts could stop the run, stop the tight ends, get Taylor going, and then open up the play action for Carson Wentz, I think that's the recipe to success. I think it falls on Frank Reich. Can Frank Reich stay committed to the run? Even if they stop it early, don't get away from the run. Don't put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands too much. Don't ask him to carry you to victory. And I think there's a clear path to victory for the Colts tonight. I'm going 2017 Indianapolis. That is Luke Diamond. He is the host of the For the Culture podcast covering the Indianapolis Colts. Luke, man, good talking to you, man. Thanks for hopping on tonight. Hey, I appreciate it, Harrison. Thanks so much. Enjoy the game tonight. Absolutely. That is Luke Diamond joining us today for the For the Culture podcast. I like that name. Really creative name from Luke. We'll talk some Colts and Patriots coming up at the top of the hour, how important this game is in the AFC. I'm all in on the New England Patriots We'll talk about it. Keep it locked in right here at CBS Sports Radio.